The reasoning was this. I simply could not stand what I had become. Stale, perhaps, or stalemated by what appeared to be my faltering body. Clearly, I could not hike the bighorns, or at least I thought I could not. Hiking, in any case, was something I had come to dislike, hate, courtesy of the army. And so, to horses. My experience with riding horses was most decidedly limited. As a child on farms in northern Minnesota, I had worked with workhorse teams, mowing and raking hay, cleaning barns with crude sleds and manure forks, and in the summer we would sometimes ride these workhorses. They were great, massive, weighing more than a ton, gentle animals, and so huge that to get on their backs we either had to climb their legs, like shinnying up a living hair-covered tree, or get them to stand near a board fence or the side of a hayrack, a wagon with tall wheels and a flatbed used for hauling hay from the field to the barn, so we could jump up and over onto their backs. Once we were on their backs, with a frantic kicking of bare heels and amateur screaming of what we thought were correct-sounding obscenities, mimicked from our elders, and goading, they could sometimes be persuaded to plod slowly across the pasture, while we sat and pretended to be Gene Autry or Roy Rogers, childhood cowboy heroes who never shot to kill, but always shot the guns from the bad guy's hands, and never kissed the damsels, but rode off into the sunset at the end of the story. We would ride down villains who robbed stagecoaches, or in other ways threatened damsels in distress, whom we could save and, of course, never kiss, but ride off at the end of our imagination. The horses were, always, gentle and well-behaved, and while they looked nothing like Champion or Trigger, Jean's and Roy's wonderful, pampered, combed and shampooed lightning steeds, Champ was a bay, a golden brown as I remember it, and Trigger was a palomino, with a blonde, flowing mane and tail, we were transformed into cowboys. With our crude, wood-carved six-guns and battered straw-garden hats held on with pieces of twine, imagined with defined clarity that the pasture easily became the far western range, and every bush hid a marauding stage robber, or a crafty rustler bent on stealing the poor rancher, my uncle the farmer, blind. Oh, it was not always so smooth. While they were wonderfully gentle and easy-minded, they had rules, and when those rules were broken, sometimes their retaliation was complete and devastating. On Saturday nights we went to the nearby town, a series of wood-framed small buildings, all without running water or electricity, wherein lived seventy or eighty people. There was a church there and a saloon, and in back of the saloon an added-on frame-shack building with a tattered movie screen and a battery-operated small film projector. They showed the same Gene Autry film all the time, and in this film Gene jumped out of the second story of a building onto the back of a waiting horse. We, of course, had to try it, and I held the horse, or tried to, while my friend jumped from the hayloft opening in the barn onto the horse's waiting back. He bounced once, his groin virtually destroyed, made a sound like a broken water pump, slid down the horse's leg, and was kicked in a flat trajectory straight to the rear through the slatted board wall of the barn. He lived, though I still don't quite know how, 
His flying body literally knocked the boards from the wall. I personally went the way of the Native Americans and made a bow of dried willow, with arrows of river cane sharpened to needlepoints, and fletched crudely with tied-on chicken feathers plucked from the much-offended egg layers in the coop, which I used to hunt buffalo.